Yes, people, it is episode 229 of Griff's Brain Dump, and it's me, Griff, obviously. Yeah, did I just say Griff? Of course I said it, Griff. Why? Because that's what the name of the fucking podcast is. It's Griff's Brain Dump. Listen, I heard you, Stav. You didn't have to call me or talk to me. I heard what you said on your pod. Yeah, I read between the lines when you said I need to speak to Griff about this. And uh, it just resonated, just travelled through. Whatever message you wanted to put through, I heard it, okay? I heard it, and it's right. It's my bloody name. It's my brand. I spent four years building it up. Is it a massive brand? No, not particularly, but do one key thing for brands, consistency. So don't be changing the name. Why did I change the name? Why? Because I was overthinking. That's why. You know, when you think about something, you think of all the good ideas. And when you thought of all the good ideas, the only other ideas to think about are stupid and bad ideas. Yeah, and that's where I got into. So it's overthinking, lockdown, you think too much, you do too little, and then you do something after thinking too much, and then you think you've done something, but you've literally done nothing, or you have done something, but it's not the right thing. You know what I mean? So that's what happened with that. So yeah, it's Chris Brain Dump. I'll change the name back. Of course, I was just remembered to do that now. But that's this episode 229. Um, it is, uh, it is what? What, what day is it? It is Sunday, the 20th of June. It is Father's Day. Father's Day is my, um, is this my first Father's Day as a... Not really. I mean, it's my first Father's Day as a father-to-be. Um, I mean, I got a present today. Don't know how the bump managed to do that, you know. Managed to sneak out of the womb, go to the shop, get me a present and get back in. Very uh, intuitive, industrious little girl. <laughs> But no, I really appreciate it. It was a nice T-shirt that I got. Um, yeah, it's Father's Day. Uh, so happy Father's Day to all the fathers. Happy uh, Father's Day to everyone who, like I said, is a father, who's trying to be a father, um, who has been a father, who has a father, who doesn't have a father. Everyone, everyone, anyone that you have a father figure, anything, happy Father's Day. Um, it's it's not the same energy as Mother's Day, you know, because um, it's hard to appreciate men, I guess. Um, you know, on a real emotional level, we're, we're not very good at receiving that stuff, not really good at receiving just a overflow of love from people as men. Um, adulation, we don't mind adulation. Uh, admiration, don't mind that. But uh, actual just, you know, love affection we we're kind of looking around the room like uh what do you expect me to do like like i've said this before you've seen what men are like when we receive a present like i'm someone who doesn't mind receiving a present but give me a present and you will feel undervalued and underappreciated because i will take the present i'll be like thanks and i haven't even opened it and i'm ready to put it back down it's like you haven't opened it okay open it like all right um what is it oh wicked it's two tickets, two VIP meet and greet tickets to see Dave Chappelle. Um, I mean, this is what I've always wanted. Like, thanks. And I'm just going to put it down. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I don't know why I can't ever express myself when I receive a present. You know, I've, I'm feeling really appreciative for it, but can't can't just let it out. Can't just let loose. What is that? Does, do, you, do any other men feel that? Uh, no. Oh, no. 
Um, what else is there? So what's been going on this week? I recorded the pod Saturday. Literally recorded the pod um, maybe an hour before the Denmark-Finland uh, game. So it just feels like ages ago since Christian Eriksen uh, collapsed. Um, but yeah, that was nuts. I was, I was watching that live. Very, found very, um, very hard to watch. I was watching it live, so I found it very moving and uh, emotional and stuff. Um, but yeah, I found myself a, a world up a bit in that. Now, I'm not sure if that's just because it's uh, it's Christian Eriksen who used to play for Tottenham. I'm not sure if it's that. I'm not sure if it's the fact that I've just seen the man and I thought he was dead. I'm not sure if it's that. Um, I'm not sure if it's just my testosterone is really low. Um, <laughs> I don't know what it was, but I found it really hard to watch. I guess because of the cameras filming everything, it really put you in the moment. It made you feel really emotional. But just watching that and watching them, what, what was key for me is you know just learning CPR. People need to learn CPR. And it, it's nuts to think that people could just be... I think um, the guest said on the ESN pod actually that um, you know learning CPR is important because um, it's nuts. But I was just saying to my friend today that admittedly I want to learn CPR just for people I know, because I imagine like you have to give CPR to someone who is acting a massive twat. If you're in a bar or something, the loudest guy in there is acting a knobhead. You know, he's making loads of noise, he's swearing, he now he's stood on the bar, he's prattling around, then he slips off the bar. <laughs> and he's just like, oh, he needs first aid, he needs CPR. And he's just like, oh, uh, is that me? And everyone screaming, does anyone know CPR? Does anyone know first aid? Does anyone know CPR? And you're just there like, ah, it's going to have to be me, isn't it? See, so... But imagine if that was your family who needed CPR. So, yeah, you've got to learn it, right? So um, what am I going to do about that? I don't know. I mean, I know baby CPR. And by know it, I mean I've learnt it and then I need to watch the video again. I'm pretty sure I can find another video on YouTube to refresh my mind. But definitely learn that stuff. Um, but, yeah, it's just a harrowing watch. Very harrowing watch, that. Um, but... Obviously, he's okay. Well, he says he's okay. He, all things considered, he's okay. Uh, then following that, that day was a baby shower. I had a baby shower here at, at the house at Casa de Griffiths. And um, here's the funny thing. If you've not been a part of a baby shower before, gents, um, it, it's another it's another thing that the, the ladies of the 21st century have conjured up for more money to be spent. Um, now, you see, because you've already got your baby moon, uh, like I said, and then your baby shower. Uh, this one we had. Um, and yesterday we topped it off with the photo shoots that you get when you're pregnant um, that all ladies need. Um, it's essential for the baby that you have the photo shoot. Now, I'm talking in a very cynical way. It was fun. Okay, but here's the thing. Baby shower, as a man... What it is, is, uh, is an event hosted in your house, um, which you wake up early for, yeah, and you have to help set up and assemble things, um, decorate. Um, you also have to have a project manager who is a pregnant person 
who gets tired very quickly and might get upset at you. And you can't retaliate because that would make you an arsehole. (laughs) Ah, no, it was good. It was just one moment where I was trying to explain how to assemble a table with a helium balloon in the wind. And she got very annoyed at me because the wind was blowing her helium balloon away from where she wanted it. And I, she said, I don't know how to fix this. I gave two recommendations and she liked neither of them. So she said, I don't know how to fix this. And I said, no, but these are your two options if you want to do this or you want to do that. And she was like, no. And then the balloon almost blew away. And then she goes, I can't cope with this. And then walked off. And I was like, right, so both my two recommendations got kiboshed and now, now what? Now where are we? Where are we with this? (laughs) What's happening now? So we'll see. We'll see what happened. So we had to see what happened then. um, But then we fixed it. We managed to fix the the balloon and, you know, we got, got everything ready. And then I had to rush out to get ice and ice lollies. And I came back. When I left, there was six women in the house, like friends and family, like helping set up. Then when I came back, there was about 20 women. I was in the house, in the garden. Obviously, COVID compliant. Everybody in the garden. Yes. Nobody indoors, except for when they needed to use the toilet. And not more than one person was in the house. And So... We so I was when I came back, there's all these women has and I was like, okay, this is my time to leave. So in true baby shell tradition, I went to the pub with two of my mates. Uh, we watched England Croatia. And here's the thing about baby shell, like I said, you're there, you're early, you set up, and then you see the fun, felt good vibes, and I was like, right, I leave. I don't enjoy the party, I don't get to be a part of this. And then you come back later on in the day where everyone most people have gone. Um but with them, they've taken the food, but haven't taken the mess. And you then have this feeling of, as each person says, see you later, really nice to meet, really nice seeing you again. Good luck. Can't wait for the baby to come. As each person leaves, the mess remains. And you start looking around your house to go, well, that doesn't stay there. And that doesn't move there. And that table needs to move, be moved from outside. And all these chairs, and there's a marquee to take down. Oh, and these balloons, a lot of balloons, a lot of balloons with stuff inside them that if it bursts, you've got bloody confetti everywhere. Okay, brilliant. That table looks like it's about to break. Where is my charger? And so it's just all these things that are going on um, as you're just looking around, trying to keep a smile on your face to not pull the mood of the of the event down. And... Um, <laughs> So it is, it's all the fun of setting up a party and all the fun of tidying up a party, but not the fun of being a part of the party. It's brilliant. But uh, no, luckily, uh, my mum and sister and niece stayed behind to tidy up. See, so that's how they split. The families, the in-laws came and did great. So Naomi's family all set up. They were the early shift. And um, my thing is this, right? I don't expect everyone to do two shifts. And if I, and if I was them, I would have picked the early shift 
every time. Anytime any of my friends and family are having a party, I'm taking the early shift. Help set up. Don't stay behind and help clear up. Set up is fun. You've got the vibes of the parties coming. You get to you set up, you get to enjoy the party. Imagine being at a party and thinking, oh, I'm going to have to tidy this up. Imagine not being at the party to be like, I have to tidy this up. That was me. But, um, so because my, and actually, and my, my family didn't do that out of the goodness of their heart, all right? I mean, they did, but they had to. They had to take the late shift because they were late to the party. That is how my family roll. Never on time. Never. My niece came all the way from South London and got here before my family, who are literally 30 minutes down the road. Unbelievable. But I love them. I say you can't be mad that people are late and consistently late because that's clearly just a part of their character, their personality. So if you want to continuously be annoyed at people being late, the same person being late, then that says more about you. you you're trying to control a characteristic of someone that hasn't ever changed in your whole life. My sister is always late. She always will be late. She's older than me. She's always been late in my life. Uh, she turns up. She always turns up, but she will be late. So for me to now live my life as if one day she'll be on time is stupid. It just sets me up for disappointment and anger. So now whenever I invite my sister to anything or arrange to meet her at that time, I factor in her being late. I f- make sure I can do something that's entertaining to me. So for example, if I'm driving somewhere to meet her, uh, say like a meal, I know that, oh, okay, we've said half two. I know I'm going to go there and I'm going to I'll ask all the questions. Of, Who's the table and name for? What time? How many people? Cool. I'm not trying to turn up, not know those answers, because I know I'm going to be the first one there and not be able to sit down in the restaurant. They're going, oh, yeah, I think it's in the name of... Uh, uh, and they're like, no, we don't have that name. Oh, maybe it's this name? Uh, no, we don't have that name. Now I look like some kind of fraudster. No, 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 no. This is who I'm with. Do you want me to show you to a table? Do you want to wait for the other people? No, show me to the table and I'll have a drink, please. And let me just play on my phone. Because I'm not sure when they're coming, but I'm now sat down and I'm chilled. That's me. And that's how you should be when you're meeting people who are always late. Don't try to force them to be on time. Just build it in. What if it's just something not like a restaurant? If you're driving, make sure that, you know, you can park up and chill in your car. Don't get out. Just chill in your car until they turn up. Those kind of things, just like, just adjust yourself for it. That's what you need to do. Um, and then what else happened this week? Um, had some junk collected. So um, you try to use Facebook Marketplace. You know, everyone talks about Facebook Marketplace, right? Like it's this best, it's the best thing ever where you can always sell whatever you have. And I've, everyone I've spoken to has gone, yeah, I'll just put it on Facebook and sold it within a day so we had um a base to, of a double bed divan base that we needed to sell um, buying a base like this new around 200 pounds apparently so we sent it for 50 quid it's a few years old we just want to get rid of it because we need to empty the flat so we need to get rid of it 50 pounds and i have one person give any real interest and he's like yeah yeah does a mattress come with it i'm like no He's like, ah. Oh. I was like, right, do, do you want a mattress? He's like, yeah, have you got one? I'm like, no, I'm literally just selling the base. He's like, okay, cool. And then he left it. 
And I was like, right, so you're not interested in this no mattress? He goes, no, nah, I, I need a mattress as well. I was like, okay, cool. Right, fair enough. So I left it. And then I thought, right, if we can't get rid of this mattress like that, we're going to need some, not mattress, we're going to get rid of this base. Then we'll need someone to come collect uh, the base. And there was some junk in there. The quote I received for the junk collection was around £130. So my options are, and then a lot of people said, we won't collect the junk without the base because, you know, it's not worth their time. One guy quoted, without the base, it'd be 80 quid. So even if I sold the base and then got the junk, that would put me down at minus 30. So the way I was working out this this date, you know, the money wasn't money and the math weren't mathing. And I was like, hmm, this ain't working out. I'm, I'm at a loss here. So I went to the guy. So I was saying to him, look, at the end of the day, we just need to get rid of this base. And I didn't like the quotes for the junk. So I was like, I've got, I've got an idea. I've got an idea. I'm offering this guy the base for free. So I said, hey, look, how much would you pay for this base? Like, yeah, what, what price would you pay for this base? And he's like, look, I just need the mattress. I go, and he goes, look, he goes, I can take it off your hands for free. That's what he offered. He offered to take it for free. And I'm like, perfect. You've offered to take it for free. Fantastic. Why? Because now I'm in the strength, position of strength when it comes to negotiations. You've offered to take it for free. Here's my counter offer. You can have it for free. But you have to take this junk with you. You dispose of this junk for me. You can have the base for free. And he's like, hmm. He said, all right, deal. And he goes, you got anything else you're giving away for free? I was like, I like your style, mate. It's cheeky, but I like your style. I go, yeah, actually, I do I have a desk. I have a desk I need to get rid of. So when I bought my desk for my home office, yeah, they sent the wrong desk. Uh, so we just set that desk up downstairs. Kept it for the baby shower, and now it was just taking up space as clutter. So I was like, we need to get rid of this desk. So I said, you can have this desk if you want. It's an £80 desk. I know some of you are thinking, why don't you sell that desk? Because at the end of the day, the time, the time, and someone actually kind of collects it. How much would I have sold this desk for? Second-hand desk that's £80. Probably £30. Which, if you think about all the other quotes I received, puts me at zero, right? So I said, yeah, you can have this desk as well. And he was like, yeah, deal. So I went from a hunt having to pay £130 to get rid of this junk to paying zero. Made zero, paid zero. So I made 130 quid. I know that isn't exactly what happened, but I saved 130 quid. Hmm? That's what's true. That's what's up. That's a business deal. I'm a businessman, all right? That, I'm a wheeler dealer. Those are the business, that, that's the deals I do, all right? Those are the deals I do. So that's uh, my thing, people. That's my word of advice. If you need to get rid of junk, obviously you junk cost money to pay, but if you can get someone to take it for free, chuck in something they might need. Or advertise your junk as something to sell. They give it as a discounted value. If they take some other junk off your hands. So you do it. I don't know if he's rummaged through that junk. And he's found something useful in there. There's some good stuff in there. That you might find very useful. But 
I just feel like we've got to get rid of it. Take it, mate. Take have it. Um, yeah. So we had that. Um what else happened this week? Ronaldo. Not drinking Coca-Cola. Caused um so some so it got reported that Ronaldo he is in a press conference, right? Ronaldo to footballer, Cristiano Ronaldo. Uh, went to press conference, sat in front of two bottles of Coca-Cola and he moved it out of the way and said agua, which is water. He, his thing is he thinks kids uh, drink too much fizzy drinks. He said about his own son, his son loves fizzy drinks and he hates the fact that he loves fizzy drinks. So that was his reasoning. He got reported that Coca-Cola lost $4 billion worth, $4 billion in value after... Cristiano Ronaldo's um, antics. But here's the thing. That's not true. They're already losing value. I don't know why for that day, but I don't think the stock market cares if Cristiano Ronaldo drinks Coca-Cola. This isn't Instagram, okay? The stock market's not that sensitive where if a high-profile person says, I don't like that drink. Could you imagine how fucked, you know I mean, how unstable their stock price would be? Christmas time and go through the roof because of that holidays are coming, holidays are coming. That that advert that would just send the stock price through the roof. And then what each time someone picks a Pepsi over a Coke, we just plummet through the ground. No, that's not how it works. But the interesting thing was, is though, is you know, commercial agreements like how does that how do the sponsors feel about that? Someone uh, heard saw someone like reading like that'd be embarrassing for UEFA. That you know, that Coco has spent X amount to have their brand front and center, and now it's just been shat on. But here's the thing: not all publicity is good publicity, but some of it is. And to have Coco been spoke about so much, guess what that does? Puts Coca-Cola in your head. So whether you like it or not, it's good. It's good advertising. Cristiano Ronaldo may not have wanted to advertise Coca-Cola, but he did. By making a big thing, well, he didn't make a big thing. Well, we all made a big thing about it. That was amazing for Coca-Cola. No one was even thinking about Coca-Cola that day until Ronaldo touched those bottles and moved them. I wouldn't be surprised if Ronaldo was paid by Coca-Cola to do it. Why wouldn't it happen? I mean, the water that he moved in front of him is also a Coca-Cola product. That's the thing. Because he picked water over Coca-Cola doesn't mean Coca-Cola aren't making money. Mm-mm. Don't ever get fooled by that. Don't ever. Don't you never. Don't you ever get fooled by that. Um. But yeah, I mean, it, it's. I've, I said I think that worked out for Coca Cola really. Um. What else happened this week? We. I'm just rushing through things. Um. Oh, you got the the, the superintendent, the police officer, uh, Novlet Robin Williams high-ranking black female police officer who was uh, dismissed from the force uh, due to having child pornography on the phone. If you don't know the story, basically what happened, she was in a WhatsApp group, a family WhatsApp group with 17 people, I think. 17, one seven. And um, a video was shared in the group of some child abuse that was happening. Um by her sister, and her sister said, no, she wants something done about this. The sister had received this message from her partner or husband, 
uh, so she put it in the group saying she wanted something done about it. Now, doing that, a lot of people don't realise, but I think a lot of people have accepted, didn't realise but they've accepted, that can be classed as distributing uh, child pornography if you do stuff like that. So if you do ever receive a video like that and you happen to open it, then uh, report it to the police if you, uh, uh, at best. Delete it uh, at least, yeah? Just delete it. Get rid of it. Get that all off your phone. Start. Like, what is that? I'm not even looking. No, stop it. And yeah, I mean, and just cuss the person who sent it to you. Like, what? Why would you send me something like that? Yeah, that's what you need to do. Um. Then, um. So that, that's that's what happened there. So then the Williams, the police officer, she. What happened, sorry, what happened is someone else in the group reported it to the police, the video, and then Williams herself um, was then investigated because she's in the group. Um, and it was alleged that she had seen the video and that she hadn't reported it because she didn't want to get her sister in trouble. Um, therefore, she got struck off the force, got uh, done with possessing child pornography, got put onto a sex offenders register, um as well and obviously you know like I said struck off the force so her defense was that she never opened the video so here's your two sides of the story one side is her saying I was sent the video in the whatsapp group I've got lots of whatsapp groups lots of messages it may be marked as red because I opened the group but I did not look at this video I haven't downloaded it didn't play it whatever Yep, that's that's her side of the story. Um, and she met her sister the day after because she meets her sister regularly. Uh, they were just hanging out. They didn't discuss the video, didn't discuss anything like that. That's her side of the story. The other side of the story is people saying, no, she saw the video, but she didn't want to get her sister in trouble. She met her sister the next day to discuss what the hell they're going to do. Because here's the thing, her sister is a social worker. Meaning she also has a duty of care. She also shouldn't be distributing videos like that. Now, if she thought, I'm going to give it to the police. I'm going to give it to a police officer. I know my sister. That's cool. But you put your sister in a bit of a sticky situation. Now, recently, I think last week, they've reversed. Uh, they've found that the dismissal to be uh, wrongful. That she shouldn't have been dismissed. That's not to say that she shouldn't have uh, lost her rank and title as superintendent, but she shouldn't have been dismissed from the force. So that's been reversed. They haven't actually finished it yet to say you know, what the final outcome will be. But currently, that means she hasn't been dismissed from the force, but she is still a registered sex offender, which for me doesn't really sit right in the sense of you got to pick one or the other. It's either she's a sex offender, so she's not on the force, or she's not a sex She's been reinstated in the force, so get rid of that. Now, obviously her being a high-ranking black police officer, a lot of people have seen this as racism, a form of racism, how she's been treated, how she's been treated so unfairly. Um, this wouldn't have happened if she was a white man, is what people have said. Now, I haven't got any precedent of that. I don't know what other cases are similar to that, but I'll go on a motion and say, I agree. I agree. Let's just say I agree. I agree that this would have gone very differently if it was a white male police officer of the same rank who may have just got swept under the rug maybe in a slap on the hand for uh, Colin or you know but 
here's the thing should it be a slap on on the hand for that white male police officer no and therefore i don't think it should be a slap on the hand for her because here's my thing about when it comes to disparities in you know punishment for different races or different genders whatever uh the remedy when someone's actually adhered to the rule adhered to the rules and they've been punished um in accordance to said rules if only black people get punished by that rule the remedy isn't to stop punishing black people by that rule because you don't punish everyone else for me the remedy is to ensure you're punishing everyone else who does that you see what i mean you see what I mean? Like, it's it's a thing of... You, you, the remedy isn't just to stop punishing people. Like, let's say drug possession. Drug possession... I'm just... Drug possession of class A drug. I don't know what the sentence is, but let's say it's 10 years. And each time a black person gets arrested in possession of a class A drug, they get 10 years. Every time a white person is arrested with possession of a class A drug, they don't. They get five years, or they get two years, or they get community service. My issue isn't, oh, so we need to stop punishing black people. And then when a black person's punished, we go, this is unfair, this is racist. No, 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 no. Black person should be punished. The white person should be punished. We should get upset when the white person's let off. But you shouldn't get upset when the black person's punished. If you see what I mean? It's very nuanced in that sense. And for me, as a police officer, um, I, I sympathised with her. Uh, sorry, as someone in a WhatsApp group that have lots of family people send you videos or whatever. I mean, a whole heap of videos I have in my WhatsApp groups that I've never opened. I don't know what they are. Um, they're from my aunties and uncles and my mum who seem to have, to have the ability and inability to manage to find a video that is 40 minutes to an hour long and manage to have that whole video on their phone to send through WhatsApp. Like, have you not heard of YouTube? Have you not heard of links? Send me a link to the video. I don't know how you've managed to download this whole video and have it in your phone and then complain that your phone doesn't work. Yeah, because your phone is bursting at the seams full of useless data. But I digress. Point I'm making is, you know, I've, I'm sure I'm in groups and stuff, but when you're in a role where safeguarding is so important, police officer, teacher, nurse... Um, if you work with children in any capacity, social worker, youth worker, you need to turn off auto-download. Um, anytime anyone sends you a video, you need to check what the hell it is and make sure there isn't anything crazy lingering on your phone. Like, real talk, you can't have anything lingering on your phone. Now you've seen that. The way forward now, you've got to be checking what's on your phone. Even if you're not even in those positions. Just as an average person, because, hey, last thing you want is just being in possession of child porn. I'm not saying that any of your family are sending you this stuff. Or sending it to you intentionally, because they're a weirdo. But what if they simply have just fallen foul of the same thing? You know those chain messages? They might have watched, it might be an hour-long thing. They've watched the first 10 minutes of it and gone... I like the message in this. Let me just forward this on to someone. Not realising that the last 20 minutes of it is something nuts. you now got some flipping Nazi rally, some ISIS beheading on your phone now. Because someone's just thought, I'll send them this video. No, no. So you need to make sure all the stuff that comes in your phone, if you're not going to download it to watch it, just delete it. Seems extreme, but seriously, just delete it. It's not. 
It's not the one. You don't want bloody child porn on your phone, ever. Jesus Christ, trying to explain that away to someone new. Trying to explain that away to someone who knows you. It's just, no. Nah. Mm-mm. So, like I said, although I sympathise with her being in the group with her stupid sister, send her that shit. I have to be like, hey, you're not just a police officer, you're a superintendent. Like, you need to be making sure you know what's on your phone. That's that's my view on that. Uh, yeah, I mean, does does she deserve to lose her job? I don't know, man. Would I feel comfortable if this woman was white, if she was a man, and I read this story and followed it? Part of, I think I'll just feel like, oh, it's unfortunate that it was their sister who sent them the video. You think she could trust them, who's a social worker, but unfortunately, the rules are them rules. Them's be the rules. And I think it's only right that punishment matches that. I don't know what their policy is, though, in the Met on that. But if they follow their procedure and their policy, and they, like I said, they, they give out that punishment to other officers of different races within anything similar, then I can't really complain. Can't really complain. I don't know. It's just odd. It's just odd to me. It's odd. Um, right. What else have we got uh, to talk about? Um, oh, I've got got one thing I didn't really read up about it, man. So it's about like the kind of systemic murder of natives in Canada. But I haven't really read it properly. Um, but I think there was like schools built, um, like you know, yeah, you know, colonial type things. They build schools to civilize the locals. They did it in Australia, did it in Canada. Civilise the locals, the natives, the primitive natives. It can't be their land. Yeah, they're here first and yeah, they use it, but they're so primitive. It's ours now. They don't know what they're doing with this land. It's ours. The white man. <laughs> the European. So, yeah, like I said, I haven't read about it, but I think they've found mass graves of these natives and um wait did i save a link i actually did save it well done darren well done past darren you knew that future darren wouldn't know what he would be talking about so you did a link he said have that future darren well here i am present darren look at that past darren and go well done hey let me read this properly then so canada this one unmarked grave is what genocide looks like. Advocates demand real government action to honour 215 indigenous children whose remains found at residential school. Jesus Christ. Um, so Montreal, Canada, right? They would just start beating you and lose control and hurl you against the wall, throw you on the floor, kick you, punch you. Jesus Christ. Uh, this is how Geraldine Bob, survivor of the Kamloops Inter Indian Residential School, described her experience at a facility in the Canadian province of British Columbia, where the remains of 215 indigenous children were recently found in an unmarked grave. Um, 
Jeez, Bob's testimony was shared by the Truth and Reconciliation Commission of Canada, the TRC, which in 2015 determined that Canada had committed cultural genocide by forcing more than 150,000 Indigenous children to attend residential schools across the country between 1870s and 1990s. The system intended to assimilate Indian, um, Indigenous children into Canadian society. This so, and eliminate what state officials at the time described as an Indian problem. Just put that first bit of the sentence together, right? The system intend to assimilate in indigenous children into Canadian society. How could it be Canadian society when the indigenous people are from Canada? You see how messed up that sentence is. You're indigenous to a land... But then someone new comes and tries to integrate you into the society of that land. No, 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 no. You're new. You're new. You need to be ingratiating yourself and trying to assimilate into the culture of that land. Because here's the nuts thing. Try that shit now. Try being the new person into land where white people are currently. European, with European descent, yeah? I'll say white people. People with European descent, you try going to their land and bring in your own culture. Watch the madness that happens. You need to assimilate, we're here first. You need to learn to speak the language. That is now we do things here. This is a whatever country, yeah? Yet these people, their ancestors, went around the world and going, you have no culture here. <laughs> what language is this you're speaking? It's nonsense. What is this in your land? No, 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 no. This is ours. You know, it's like, what? It's, it's just crazy. It's crazy to me. And I think what Canada gets away with, similar to like New Zealand, is when you're, same as Scotland and Wales, is when you are a country that is always close, closely associated with a neighbouring country. And that neighbouring country is seen as an arsehole. You get to, by comparison, be seen as a very nice country. So Canada's always seen as a very nice country compared to America. Oh, it's not America. America's racist. America did this to Africans. America's did this to Native Americans. Oh, no. America's horrible. America's still racist to black people. America's racist to Asian people. America's, you know what I mean? America's horrible. America goes around the world and does this. America goes around the world and does that. America's part of this organisation and they're bastards. But here's the thing. Sat next to them in all these things is Canada. But because Canada's not America, we go, well, at least Canada's nice. Canada's nice. I have family in Canada. Canada's nice. Oh, look, you know what I mean? It's like, they're so nice. They just play ice hockey and eat maple syrup. Oh, Canada's so nice. Is that? No. No. If anything, it's almost more sinister. Oh, it just goes around portraying itself as this really lovely country. And it's got the same historical atrocities. You know what I mean? Did Canada have a slave trade? No, it didn't. But that's only because shit didn't grow there. <laughs> that's the only reason. 
It was, Brit- it was British land, Canada. It wasn't independent at those times. The Brits who were there would have gone, yeah, just slaves can't do shit here. So that's why didn't we have many slaves in the north of the United States because shit didn't grow there. There wasn't plantations to put them on. So it's only through geography. That's why Canada didn't have many slaves. That's all. But still, still, fuck, just that, that sentence just killed me there. The system intend to assimilate indigenous children into Canadian society. To eliminate what the state officials at the time described as an Indian problem. Children were forcibly separated from their parents and siblings, beaten for speaking their indigenous languages, and suffered rampant malnutrition, physical violence, forced labour, and sexual abuse. It's just, and they, they had that in... In uh, Australia, with uh, Aboriginal um, Aboriginal people there, um, it's just nuts. It's it's just nuts. I haven't spoken to any Canadians for an extensive extensive amount of time. Anytime I've spoken to Australians, they have just this kind of uh, what's the word? This kind of no ambivalence is the wrong word. It's not ambivalence. It's they have um. Ah, like an apathy towards Aborigines. It's very short-term memory of it. It's like, ah, they're all alcoholics. Like, you, you, what, you don't think Europeans settling in Australia with all your different regimes had anything to do with this? You separating them from their families and trying to breed them out, trying to dilute them. So what would happen is, if an Aborigine and uh, Aboriginal person and a you know a white person Australia had a kid, they would take that they systemically took that kid away, and made them be in a relationship with someone who's white. This was like a program. So then, so they were they've gone from Aboriginal to half Aboriginal to a quarter Aboriginal. Yeah. And then they had this, uh, so I saw this article and they, they had like reports to show, look, look how good it is. Because in just two generations, you can't tell, you can hardly tell this quarter Aboriginal person has any Aboriginal blood in them. They've almost wiped them out. How good's that? It, seriously, this is a genuine thing. I'll have to try and find the link. Anyone wants the link, message me. I'll try to find the articles to it. But it was a... Proper program. Uh, what are they called? It was like the lost children or something like that. Um, I have to try and find it, man. But yeah, it was. It's nuts. The, the people had this mentality where they wanted to just breed a, a group of people out, just extinct. Like, where where does that hate come from? I don't get. Like that kind of resentment to other groups and I don't I get it from a protective point of view you come into my land I don't want you guys messing our shit up yeah we're civilized in air quotes we, you know we, this we've built this shit don't come in here and mess it up I get that kind of sentiment it's my house this is how we do things in my house cool but uh but how can you not get the thing of I'm coming into your house 
I don't like how you've done this shit. I'm changing everything in this house. And it's now my house. It's like, hold on, no, it's not your house. I live here. Do you? Do you? Well, you need to get with the program. Or you ain't going to be living here for very long. You'd be like, you know what I mean? You've got squatters, but how many people have had a squatter who actually kicks you out of your own house? I wonder if anyone's ever done that. I need to find out for next week. Has anyone ever squatted or broken into someone's house and then just kicked the owner out? Just, just take over. A hostile takeover of someone's house. I'd be interested to see that, man. Right, let's get on to some Dear Deirdre. Let's lighten the mood because we're going to end the pod. Um, how long have we been talking for? We've been talking for 44 bloody minutes. Oh, some more. God. All right. Oh, oh, double life. Yes. Come on, dear Deirdre. Dear Deirdre, double life with two lovers is exhausting and I can't keep it up for much longer. It's got to be a man. It's got to be a man. Um, I left my wife 19... Dear Deirdre, it's exhausting leading a double life with my two lovers. I left my wife of 19 years to set up home with a younger woman, but then she's changed her mind. Okay. The plan was that I would take on her three children and we'd build a new life. Mad. Instead, she decided to stay in a miserable marriage for her children's sake. I was gutted, of course, but we but we agreed we still wanted to be together. That was five years ago, and I still see her when her husband works away. Other than our clandestine meetings at my flat, we are nowhere near a proper relationship. I'm 52, she is 38, and it hurts like hell whenever she goes home to her husband. He sounds like a really nasty piece of work. Jeez. Three years ago, I met a lovely woman through friends and we hit it off straight away. She is 51 and looks really good for her age. We go away on holidays and out for lovely meals. When I'm with her, uh, we have tipsy sex at night and enjoy long, leisurely mornings in bed. Whereas my married lover always has to rush back for the babysitter. Neither woman knows about the other and in many ways I have the best of both worlds. On the one hand, um, there is the loving relationship with the older girl, with my older girlfriend, who is kind and caring. On the other hand, uh, there is passion and excitement with my younger lover. However, I'm exhausted with all the living, oh sorry, all the lying, <laughs> all the living. I'm living too much. I can't cope. No, <laughs> I'm exhausted with all the lying, and I really only want to be happy with one person. The older girlfriend is clearly the one you should be with, if you need to pick one. Uh, the, it just seems quite obvious to me but carry on and the older girlfriend wants us to move in together she adores me and hopes to forge ahead with our lives but i'm struggling to leave my younger lover who i know would choose me if it was not for her children bun the younger one because that's not just it just sounds long she's got three kids she's got an abusive fella he's gonna be younger than you he's gonna be fitter stronger than you so what, you're going to take his wife and then you think he's going to be okay with that? If he doesn't murder her or the kids, he's going to murder you, mate. He's not worth it. Leave her alone. If she hasn't left him of her own accord anyway, and then she hasn't left him for the absolute security that you are going to provide, she ain't leaving him. So yeah, it's all fun and excitement until he stabs you in the dick. Then what? Hey. Stabby muck dick, dicky muck stab stab. We're gonna do then with a knife in your penis. Exactly. Nothing. You don't want that in your life. You don't want it to be your future, and that's all I can see in your future. If you stay with the younger woman, you're gonna end up with a knife 
in the penis. You don't want that. Anyway. Um, let's see. Come on. Too far. Mum walks around the house naked now. She wants to earn money from posing nude. Brilliant. Is this a son or a daughter? If this is a son, this is heroin. Um, dear Deirdre, mum has always been a very has always been very comfortable with her body and happily walks around her home naked. Now she wants to pose nude for work. I'm horrified. I'm an 18-year-old boy. <laughs> my mum is 43. Me and my younger sister are used to it. Although at the age of eight, I did ask her to cover up when my friends were around. Jesus. I wonder if your mum's even attractive. If your mum's attractive, this is a real issue for you. If she's not attractive, then it's just like a funny thing that all your mates talk about when you're not there. Like, you've been to Jake's house. And the it, other friends looking at you just like, yeah, why? He's like, oh. And he's just there grinning like, what? It's like, his mum. She's always naked, isn't she? If she's not attractive, then that's all that is. It's just laughter that your mum's just naked. She's a naked woman just doesn't seem to care. But if your mum's attractive... Friends just trying to hang around all the time. Just like, yay. And then each time you yeah, hear you shout at your mum, Mum, can you put some clothes on? I was like, hey, don't tell your mum what to do. This is your house. It's your house, Miss Robinson. You do what you want. She's like, thank you, Stephen. It's, like, it's okay. You just stared at Jake like, your mum's nice. <laughs> anyway. Me and my younger sister used to blah, blah, blah. She's decided she wants to work as a life model where she would sit naked for artists to sketch. I don't see the issue with this so far. It's just, she's not like she's trying to do porn. You know, how often are these pictures going to go? Are you scared your friend's going to take up on these classes just to look at your mum naked for a bit? They might do that. Then what do they get after that? I mean, yeah, they've got the mental image of your mum naked that they can always say that they've kept in their head. What are you going to do? Maybe one of your friends is really good at drawing and then he actually has a picture of your mum naked on his wall. All the time. Anytime you're on a Skype call. Skype or Zoom. Or Microsoft Teams. He's just got a picture of your naked mum in the background. Going, you right, mate? You right, Jake? Do you want that? I don't know. Let's see. Anyway. I will be mortified if she works at my college. Where I'm stuck to... Oh, okay. So this one means... Right, your mum's taking it too far. Where I'm studying videography. The art students always have a right laugh. When they have been sketching a nude model. The whole college knows when they are doing life drawing lessons. I'm worried that some of my friends who do art may end up seeing my mum completely naked. I will never live it down. I feel bad because she thinks she's finally found the right job for her, but I really need to tell her she can't. It's not she can't. She just can't do it at your school, man. That's the thing. It's not at your school. It's like, mum, come on. I'm at college here. Please don't do it at this college. Just think about me. Don't don't dismiss what I'm saying. Like I'm really I don't want to get I don't want to stop your dreams. If you want to be naked, fine, be naked. I can't stop that, but please not at my college. Yeah? I just need some dignity, please. You know? Oh, I don't know. Right. Let's see. Um right, 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 right. Let's do this one. Last one. Can't compete. Can't compete. Boyfriend says Kylie Jenner is his dream woman and he has not my confidence. 
I always find this weird. Okay. I mean, it's going to be weird if he wasn't asked. He just volunteered that. Fine. I also find it weird that he's with you, but you're trying to compete with an idea of someone. Kylie Jenner is his dream woman to look at. Uh, if you don't look like Kylie Jenner, take solace in he's actually with you and he'll never be with Kylie Jenner. Um, I just find it weird when people compete. Like, it really doesn't bother me that who Naomi finds most... I don't know if... I don't know who her dream guy is. She doesn't seem like the type of person to have a dream guy. I know she fancies some celebrities. Do I look like them? No. We were literally in the car yesterday, yeah, when we was uh, on the way to the photo shoot. And she said, I, I asked her casually, who's, who's better looking, Drake or Chris Brown? She went, ugh, I don't like light-skinned dudes. And I was like, but... People would say that I'm like the skin. And she was like, yeah. <laughs> she's she's like, yeah. And she goes, well, she goes, it is what it is. Because my exes have all been light skin as well. It just seems to be, that's what it is. Because oh, I prefer dark skin guys. She goes, but don't think dark skin guys liked me. I was just like, Right. Now, I imagine there are some guys there who would have been absolutely folded by that. Going, oh, but she doesn't make me to... We are married. She she chose to be with me. So, like, what... Why do I now be fussed about the type of guy she likes? Unless you walk around thinking... you Unless you walk around thinking you're perfect. You're the best-looking person ever. So now you're rattled that your partner doesn't think you're the best-looking person ever. No. So let's just be realistic. I don't think I'm the best looking person ever, so why do I care that my wife also doesn't think I'm the best looking person ever? I don't think I'm the best looking person ever. So if she finds someone else more attractive than me, so what? Do I find anyone more attractive than her? Of course I don't. This is a podcast. And this is recorded forever. She could listen to this at any moment. So no. Of course she's the most attractive person I've ever seen. Ever. Seen. Ever. <laughs> no, but Joe's aside, it's just like, so what? I can, if she asked me if someone's attractive, I wouldn't do this mental calculation of, oh my, how much does this person look like her? Okay, mm, ah, okay, bang, yes, yes, I do find attractive because you have a 6% crossover. Although it is interesting that um, when I was, um, I was going to be on first dates, right? Well, I was going to be on it. My friends convinced me to apply for first dates. And, um, and I remember telling some of the comedy guys that oh, no, I was going to go on it before I met Naomi. And they said, oh, um, and I said, yeah, they asked me who's like my celebrity crush. And I was like, oh, um, Simone Missick from Luke Cage. Right. And, um, and like, I said that on another podcast with the comedy guys and they was like, oh my God, I can't believe you just said that on the pod. What's your wife going to think? Oh God, that's so rude. And he said, I need to see what this woman looks like because none of them knew what Simone Missick looked like. Well, I didn't really think too deeply of it. I was like, that's who I said. I remember that was my answer. That's what I said at the time. Whatever. Anyway, my boy brings up a picture and he goes, oh, I go, what? He goes, 
she slightly looks like your wife. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, I never really thought about it, you know. I was like, I guess they kind of do. They don't look exactly like at all. But it's one of those ones that if you have a type, they're your type. They're both they they're both fit into a type. So I could get away with that. So maybe, so maybe that's why she's kind of cool with it. But then she's heard me say I found people attractive who look nothing like her. So I don't know why this person's found it so such a big deal. I don't do do you in and listen here? Do you find it a big deal if your partner? find someone attractive or call them their dream part dream you know uh woman or dream man and they don't know anything like you does it bother you i, I don't know anyway not my confidence uh dear dude last night my boyfriend was trying to reassure me i'm not ugly long just end it just end it it's one thing your woman wants to hear that she's beautiful but to reassure her she's not ugly no no that's that's mad I tried to reassure me I'm not ugly, but admitted he finds other women more beautiful than me. So is that it? Just those are your two options. You either find me the most attractive or I'm ugly. Just It's long. It's long. I just remember just how much flipping firefighting I had to do in my younger relationships. Because just some girls are just so insecure. But I was happy I went through that at a young age because that made me like, I'm not doing that shit again. No, 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 not doing that again. I need a woman with confidence. And I don't mean confidence be out there doing everything and anything, but I just mean just confidence enough to be like, I'm not buzz. That's all I need. I'm not buzz. Um, anyway, I am 19, he's 20. After quizzing him on who he thinks is gorgeous, he then revealed Kylie Jenner is his dream woman. Um, I know he wasn't being nasty, but his words have left me feeling unattractive. He should think I'm the most beautiful. Otherwise, what is he doing with me? You're a fucking idiot. (laughs) You're a fucking idiot, okay? Oh, there's like 8 billion people on the planet. Let's drop it by half. 4 billion. Right, of eligible age. He's 20... Let's say Ezra ages anything up to no, actually Ezra ages yeah above above eighteen yeah, and anywhere upwards of that. So of those four billion females, uh, let's say that two billion, three billion, three billion of those women, right? You're trying to be the most attractive of three billion women on the planet go clap yourself you think you're ugly but then you also think you should be seen as the most attractive do you see what a head fuck that is you don't even think you're the most attractive but you want him to think you're the most attractive piss off you're nonsense how could you not think you're the most it's one thing you thought you was the most attractive and you're offended he doesn't find you the most attractive but you think you're ugly yet you want him to think you're the most attractive Seriously, just just slap yourself. Give yourself a festival of slaps. Yeah? And then just fix up. Because that, that annoys the hell out of me, your behaviour. Anyway, he's going to leave you. Find a girl that's a bit more confident, less attractive than you. Because I bet you're actually attractive. But your insecurity makes you less attractive. He's going to find a girl who's less attractive than you, but just chill. Or he's going to find a girl who's an absolute stunner and just chill. 
and you're going to be rattled. You're going to end up with a guy who has the bloody mental capacity to deal with your nonsense and he's just going to cheat on you. Anyway, I think that's the end of the pod. We'll wrap it up for an hour mark. Um, so if you want to catch me gigging, go on to darrengriffins.com forward slash gigs and you can see what gigs I am at. Okay, that's darrengriffins.com forward slash gigs. Okay, people. Peace.